Hey, welcome to another episode of Sober Not Sane. I'm your host, Jeb Fink. Uh, first off, as always, thanks so much, Liz, at the camera store for um, sneaking these cameras out the back door so we could use them. No, she doesn't. They know that we're using them. The camera store is a great spot. You should go down there. They have gazillions of uh, anything you would want to have to do with taking a picture. Uh, they've got it there. You should check them out. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe and like us on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. To me, it sounds like we're everywhere, but I think there's probably other places. I have Isaac, Lord King God of Cheese. That's what I'm calling you from now on. And you're with Say Cheese, mm -hmm. which is a crossroads market. Sure is. And you are the cheese man. How long have you worked there? Uh, seven years this month. Really? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? How old were you when you started? 17. In high school. Really? Yeah. Wow, and Nancy kind of took you under her wing, and mm -hmm. you said, hey, I could work here. I like cheese. Well, yeah, and then it went on, and I got bored eventually, and I was ready to leave, and then I got more responsibilities. So then a challenge occurred, so it was great. Became a bit of an adult. Exactly. While you were That's there. All. But you also love cheese. I love cheese, Jeb. I and I... That. I describe you as a really old soul. <laughs> Is that why we were talking about Walter Cronkite before the yeah, show Yeah, no, started? not that old. Not that old. Is he a soul yet, Walter Cronkite? I think he is a soul now. Died like 20 years ago, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, I haven't read a paper in a while. Okay. They only so, put it in the one day. If you don't catch it, you don't catch it. It's for, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. The obituaries. So, but you, um, if you had to say we have this many kinds of cheese... A rough guess. Uh, we usually say about 300. 300. Yeah. So, Give or take on any. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's sometimes we're out of stuff. It's unavailable by season. You know, things like that. Or people won't put it on a truck and bring it to you. Well, it happens. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> I got an email from a supplier today that they are delayed by a day. So I was thankful it was only a, a day. Oh, a day. Yeah, I know. It's nothing, right? I know. It's like, whew. Ooh, that could have been a lot worse. Was it a big cheese? What were they bringing you? Oh, they're our second biggest cheese supplier, so probably like 20 different cheeses. Oh, things okay. we run out of during the week. Yeah. On a weekly basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I have a friend that shops with you, and he uh, he came to He was um, so happy with this cheese that you had sold him, and uh, he gave me a taste of that, and I went, is that Colby? <laughs> and he said, yeah, that's it. And it would like to him, it was a new cheese experience. I know exactly who you're talking about too. Yeah. <laughs> Tall guy. Yeah. Big guy. Hair. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, uh, he's does sheet rocking less. Oh, his name is less. Okay. Um, he used to always buy habanero olives for his mother, like habanero stuffed. He brought I... me some. How did that go? They're delicious. Oh, good. Okay. He comes and sees me every time he's in there. Oh, yeah. He's a lovely man. Very, yeah, he is. Very, very kind. Um, but I just was always like, he's what, in his 60s? Oh, no. No? 50s? Oh, he's 28. Huh. No, he's not. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, even, I don't even know if he's in his 50s. Maybe late 40s, early 50s. Okay. I always thought he was older, so I just like this, like... Thought had this thought of this fiery mother in her eighties eating these like spicy, spicy olives. I'm like, okay. Well, if that's yep. if that's what she wants, keeps her ticking, right? That's right. <laughs> that will yeah, it'll wake you up. It will <laughs> if, if you're not honest. He also brought me the little. Uh, what were the teeny tiny um, peppers? Oh, the um, pr they're Peruvian. 
Um, Sweetie Drops, yeah. Well, yeah, I've always liked everything from Peru. Sweetie <laughs> Drops. Yes. They're delicious. Yeah, just sweet peppers, pickle. I, I want to see if I can't get a local producer to try and make some. Oh, that'd be great. Right? Always good to get local. Exactly. Be and fresher. And those, I can charge I just a premium. instantly tasted a, a little bit, and I went, all right, so now I need a really good cracker and uh, <laughs> some goat cheese and uh, make a little circle in the middle and fill it with this. Mm-hmm. A little, a little surprise, like a kinder surprise, a surprise in every like bite. You, yes, yeah, but no toy. Well, at least you can eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. I don't, I don't think I need any small toys anymore. I just feel like those poor two-year-olds who don't get it, as their parents hand them chocolate, they just bite right into it. Imagine how many toys have been eaten out of those. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, traveled onward yeah. through the child. <laughs> that is not a good mental picture no. at all. So do you, out of everything, I would think... Um, you would have a certain cheese that is your out-and-out favorite cheese. I do. It's called Vacherin Mondor. We only get it at Christmas. I probably tried to sell it to you probably every Christmas for the last seven years, <laughs> yeah. but it's very expensive, and it's not for everyone. It's just intense. Right. Uh, you're supposed to leave it out all day. Like, I once almost had a, not a fight. It was a bit of a heated argument with men. Because it was, his wife was serving a beautiful like she was having company the next day. And it was right. around Christmas. Christmas party is important, and I told him this has to be left out for like, take it out when you go to bed tonight, so it's perfect for your wife's party tomorrow. He's like, what? It's gonna smell up my house. I'm like, I know, but it's worth it. <laughs> and you and he's just was like adamant. He's like, no, 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 I don't want to do this. I'm like, sir, you need to do this, or I don't know. I don't know if I'm... You're not going to get the yeah. full experience. He And then he's like, okay, okay. He re- so reluctantly. I was ready not to sell it to him because it doesn't open up quite right if you don't do that. Right. And then I was like, okay, I wonder if I'll hear from this guy again or the wife or whatever. And then she came in on the Sunday, so after the party, and she's like, my husband told me what happened, but you were right. Good Lord, that was fantastic. So he didn't come in and tell you no, she no. did. No, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he did listen, though, so it was perfect. Well, it's good that he did that. Yeah. And you just use the phrase open up. So is it somewhat like decanting wine or Absolutely. like where you open up the flavors? Exactly. So we're not going to tuck into these just yet. They've only been out for an hour. But in a, in a bit, when they get to a bit more to room temperature, they just, I don't know. It's very, uh, it's, a, it's, it's more romantic than scientific. I always sell with romance, not science. But it's just right. has the cheese is a moment to breathe, to live again. After it's cold, coffee. And we are, which is good. We are recording on Valentine's Day. Yes. And now, how, how do you want to... Being that we're like both... Like 2023? Are you... Is it a year now? Are we going to put a year? No, we're not holding on to these for a year. I'm trying to make the audience think you're super successful. <laughs> you have to record a year in advance. No, I don't think that's what that means. Okay. I think if you got to record more, you're successful. Okay. If everybody will wait a year, eh, we'll wait. That's fair. Okay. I'm going to go with that. Okay. But, yes. yeah, it's interesting because, I, I mean, obviously I used to be a huge wine fan, so I understand that theory. Mm-hmm. Of I had never really thought of it. I know, like, you know, Breeze, you want them out. Mm-hmm. You don't. And to me it kills the flavor if you don't leave the cheese out. Oh, well. It doesn't kill it. It just isn't what it could be. Exactly. And some cheeses actually, like this one here, I only get it in maybe twice a year. Because the wheel's a thousand dollars, so it's a bit of an investment. Um, but 
out of the fridge, it's just kind of boring. And it, right. this is always one I can tell. With like, So really, what's the name of it? Where does it come from? This is Fontina d'Aosta. It's from northwest Italy, north of Piemonte, in the smallest like sub-region of Italy, in the Aosta Valley. And it's, it's interesting because um, it's surrounded by Switzerland, France, and Italy. On the cheese itself, its labels just says product of the mountains. Produto really? Montaigne. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I think it's very poetic. And it's it also shows like it's the regional cheese, right? Right. Because, yeah, you might be on the other side of the French border, but you'll know the cheese very well because you live in Haute-Savoie, another alpine beautiful region. So just region. over the hill. It, literally. It's a big hill. It, it is. Actually, I think that's where um, Mont, Mont Blanc, Blanc is, the beautiful, the giant one, one of the biggest in the Alps. So yeah. funny enough, it's a very big hill. It's a very big mountain, yes. <laughs> Not like some mountains they, in France. So what, what makes this one worth? Because people will be listening or watching this and go, 1000 bucks for a wheel of cheese. And I'll, I'll tell you kind of when people don't have the comprehension. Mm -hmm. Somebody um, said to me, we should go. I was running a kitchen downtown, if you remember. And he said, wouldn't it look great to have one of those big wheels of cheese? Oh, like a parm? So, yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I would. Uh, can I have five grand? <laughs> and he goes, what? I said, the one I wanted would be five grand. And he goes, for cheese? <laughs> I'm like, well, if you notice, it doesn't. you don't take any plastic off of it to get to it. You know, it's got yeah. it's sealed. It's like there's a lot to it, and someone has lovingly, you know, uh, cared for this on probably thousands of wheels of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, you think it's worth maybe a hundred bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Just no comprehension. Well, maybe it could be. We should go to every police auction. Maybe they see someone. We could get them dirt cheap, Jeb. That's an idea, right? Yeah, we shouldn't talk too much about the value. All of a sudden, somebody out there is going, well, that stuff's worth a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Well, but also, it's fine to talk about because you can't like go up to your like dealer with a wheel of cheese and try and move it in the black market. It's not going to work here in Canada. In, the, in uh, Italy, though, a lot of... Uh, Stolen cheese? Oh, yeah. Truffles are bad, too. They, oh, yeah. They poison dogs sometimes. It's quite sad. What? Well, like rival truffle hunters will poison dogs. So they'll leave poison out so the dogs because they're using find dogs instead of pigs now. They've never well, they haven't used pigs in ages. Because when a pig would well, find I'm really them. old. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm going sorry. with that. <laughs> you, no, it, like, that's the story because it was true. Right. And then they moved to dogs because the pigs better at finding them. But a second a pig eats a truffle, it will only find truffles for itself to eat. So then you have oh. to just put the pig down. So they love them. They love them as much as we do. <laughs> so see, and I'm not as big a truffle fan as you are. I like truffle oil. I like just a, a hint mm -hmm. of it in things. Uh, you would eat them like bonbons. If they could be consumed like that, absolutely. <laughs> if there's if there's ever truffles in, I usually like to have one for myself. Do you have a truffle cheese too? No, no, no. I I'm brought shocked. beautiful classics for you rather than, I don't know. I, I, I find when you add flavors to cheese be it garlic or whatever, I can tell the customer immediately when they look at my board. They're like, they spend a lot of time. I'm like, hoping, hoping. Maybe they love cheese. And like, Dill Havarti. Well, that's a neat flavor. I'm like, oh, dear is there, Lord. Is there such a thing? There is. I'm not a huge Dill fan. But I just mean the idea of like, the yeah. because they recognize the flavor, not the any of the names. So I'm like, if that's what's drawing your attention. So they don't really know what Havarti is. Or even, probably even Gouda or whatever. Maybe they do, but what? they just it's the flavor that they like, right? 
Well, they should have a pickle. Yeah, with their cheese, exactly. But you know what? Exactly. That's we want. If they start them there, little charcuterie, like you can set a little bit of everything on there. Enjoy slowly. Exactly. Try we, not to put four items in your mouth at the same time. <laughs> you only have two hands. Might affect the flavors. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, no, so a blue. Yeah, I brought – that's a Canadian blue, actually. It's oh, great. Of, it's one of the best in our markets. It's actually fantastic. Uh, this is a French cheese from the Pyrenees, not the Alps. So we have a Pyrenees cheese, an Alpine cheese. And this is from land that used to be underwater a long time ago in the Netherlands. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we have the third of the so country. So how how did you pick these four cheeses and why? So I picked. I we're gonna start. Do you start softest flavor to strongest? We usually yes, but because of this cheese, this is our most common cheese here. I wanted to start here. It's super delicious. Taste it and then kind of think about how this is very appeasing to like, like a mass audience, and then right. we're working from. Uh, more challenging, more challenging, and the most challenging. So uh, I did it from most least challenging to most challenging. See, and I grew up with a, a dad that loved blue cheese. Okay, well, there you go. Now, here's here's what I do with blue cheese. Like, I mean, you know my place. I sell barbecue sauce. Yes. And I have people will ask me, well, is this good on steak? <laughs> and I just look at them and go, you know what? If you buy a jar, you can do what you want with mm -hmm. it. I prefer it on chicken or pork, mm -hmm. and the only thing I put on steak is either a chunk of blue cheese or make blue cheese butter. Yes, and put that on the steak. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm going to say 50 percent of the time, people just go, "But blue cheese butter on a steak? Well, <laughs> what would that?" And it's to me amazing what happens in your mouth that makes that work together. Oh, it well, it's. I don't know. It just gives so much to the beautiful beef. And that's what I've never got about those, like, covering it in the sweet barbecue sauce where it's, like, mostly sugar and vinegar. I'm like, well, there was steak under there. Yeah. Great on ribs. <laughs> yeah. Well, ribs need that. They need time to braise. I get it. But. Yeah. Yeah. But so you're with me on that. So oh. I'm not out of my mind. Well, I was going to also ask, are you Bernays fan as well then on a steak? But. Okay, but I'd rather go straight cheese, blue cheese. Fair. There you go. Honestly, it's a matter of I don't want to have to make it. I. <laughs> it's fair. It's a bit of work. And I know you can go to places where it's not that much work if you just use the powdered stuff. Uh -huh. It's totally oh, different. That's Thank you, John. So, we yeah, we're, <laughs> we're ready. Let's go with number contestant number one. Well... And you Behind know what's, you know what's number bad? One. I already think, you know what? You know why I, why I do watch, uh, it's not, let's, uh, Price is Right. <laughs> Who doesn't love Drew Carey? Yeah, Drew Carey is great. But uh, between that and Family Feud, uh, I watch because it makes me feel smarter. <laughs> I, know it's, it's, I know it's horrible. But being an American, it's like fun for me. Oh, absolutely. Well, if we're talking about game shows that we can do, um, Monty Hall, uh, curtain number one. <laughs> yeah, what was the, he had, I don't know, he had two or three. They always have models. There was, oh, Wayne Brady's on the show right now. Yeah. I can't, um, he's all right, he's no Monty Hall. Oh, well. Who is? Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
See, you can say starter cheese, but there's a lot going on there. Sorry. Um, it. Let's say top of the pedestrian world. Is that better? If the pedestrian well, cheese world ruder. goes from... Yeah, of course <laughs> it is. <ruder. laughs> what did you bring me on your show for, Jim? <laughs> to you be really, pompous. Exactly. You brought a cheese expert. Tell John us. said to me, why don't we find someone pompous about what they sell? <laughs> But it is. I don't know how I would describe that because it's it's super like caramely and nutty. Do you get that? Yeah, but I if I if I had someone that that didn't like that was a basic cheese person because mm -hmm. it's not a. I mean, you can't say it's. I guess closest family a cheddar of sorts, but well, it's a gouda. So, which is the nutty part exactly. And a lot of goudas are cooked at a higher temperature, just like Colby cheddar. That's why they're sweeter. That's why Colby's a really sweet cheese. It's a different process than cheddar, though it's called cheddar. Colby mm -hmm. is. Um, and this leaves, even young goudas are just a little bit sweeter because they caramelize the milk just a touch more with the higher temperature. Mm. Very that's very good. Oh, yeah. So what would you do with this at home? I think that's part of the problem with, let's call them higher-end cheeses. Is that people maybe don't know what to do with them. Well, big thing about most higher-end cheeses is they're really just for consumption. Like, you're, this is this is about 57, I think 55 a kilo we charge. This is 70. This is 120. And actually, this is just 100. But The low-rent one. Yeah, exactly. Per kilo. Per kilo, yeah. Yeah. So... Yes, there are there you can cook with this, but honestly, it's just best to be consumed and enjoyed and loved. You know what though, the really sad I'm thinking because I don't drink anymore. Mm -hmm. My thought was uh this would be uh really nice with a barolo for me. Mm -hmm. I would like it together. But well, I can't do that anymore. No. And you know the sad part then if you're a fan of Piemonte wines, this one here, its classic pairing is with a Barbaresco, Barolo's oh. bigger cousin. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. The cheese is a fortune. Why not have an expensive bottle of wine with it, right? <laughs> it seems to be the way the world works. That so do you think in general, um, let's say people that aren't huge foodies mm -hmm. and don't go for this type of a cheese... Or maybe maybe they're intimidated and don't really know what to do with it, and um, they can come to you and you can walk them through it. Mm -hmm. But do you think they go to what they know just because that's what they were fed as a kid? And oh, totally. A lot of people. I mean, people like ourselves. We go to a menu. It's like, what, what is this Swahili? Yeah, I'll just take this. Do you know what that is? No, no. But I actually want two of those. Never tried it, you know? Like, of yeah. course you want to try something new. That's why, um, I don't know, it's important to build relationships. That's what we do at the market, right? Because though we use the word pompous, I try never to be really selling cheese. I want to go where the No, you're not. I was, just, I was just teasing. <laughs> no, I, I know. But, you know, if the customer grew up with American cheese, what my uncle did a great one. He's like, normal days American cheese. Feeling fancy? Cracker Barrel, and on those really nice days, we break out the age Balderson. Like, yeah. of course, he's joking, but well, actually, he's not. But anyways, but it's if, not a bad cheese. No, Balderson's a and great it's in a good price range. You know what? And um, 
There was a great quote. It's not box wine. It is not. You're right. Boulderson is not box wine. What would Boulderson be? It would be $15 starter wine on the shelf. It's just drinkable. Yeah. Just drinkable. Um, at, uh, one of my favorite writers, MFK Fisher, she was talking about a Depression-era menu item she found. It was can, a, can John have some? Oh, yeah. Sorry, John. While we're here. Don't you like cheese? No, I like it. That's okay. We'll save you a piece for after? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Do um, they not have cheese in Brazil? We do. Of course you do. Yeah, we do. Have cheese it. is everywhere, yeah, is yeah, it not? Exactly. Almost. We have some local ones very good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's some artisan cheeses. Yeah. yeah. So I tried. I tried to get you fed. You look weak. <laughs> you look like yeah, pale okay. and thin. You can have some in a little bit. This is the longer you let it play in your mouth, mm -hmm. it just... The finish is outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is good. Just, just wait a bit. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, the, the sorry, the quote was um, just about a tomato sauce. And she said, um, good but uninspired. And it's always sat with me because, you know, for there's nothing wrong with that. You can't have the best every day or you'll, I don't know, you just, you wouldn't be relatable like yeah. yeah if i'm at home in my underwear and want the day off i'm eating cheddar out of the fridge and i don't want anyone to talk to me <laughs> but if i'm yeah. at a great party of course i'm drinking the best wine and, and, and talking about the cheese but you know i can't if i did that every day i'd be completely unrelatable <laughs> <laughs> true and you have access well you're right exactly but i make sure to you know yeah but you do have to i mean to me so uh, you talk about tomato sauce. I don't make the world's fanciest tomato sauce. No. I make a good basic tomato basil. You want to do something else with it? I, I make a arrabbiata as well, which is spicy, mm -hmm. and uh, sun-dried tomato. But it's a good basic sauce. But it is not the same as uh, – okay, I have to finish this one first. Yeah. As me going across to um, uh, pick up fresh cherry tomatoes from our friends in the market yeah. and just making a sauce right. by hand while you're standing there. Totally different ballgame. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the joy is I love our market for that. We we have the market for that. We just Sometimes we get people who are, like, shocked. They probably, like... Seven fifty for tomato sauce. You gotta be kidding me. We have others who are, are like, oh, I, like I bring in truffles. Sometimes they're like, oh, that's a good price. I'm like, yeah, only thirty six hundred a kilo. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. But that's what it is. It, it, yeah, it's. Our, I love our market for that, honestly. But I found what I'm what I'm doing is, uh, and I'm happy with this. Uh, our friend Richard, who mm -hmm. is a you know, he's a bread seal chef, and he's – so um, he brought me a sealer. And instead of jarring the sauce, I can seal it mm -hmm. and freeze it flat so it sits in your freezer. Mm -hmm. lasts pretty much forever because oh. it's vacuum-packed, yeah. and it's going to be less. Mm -hmm. i got to do the pricing on it, but because jars went up, the oh, yeah. jars of sauce went up to 850 and I'm like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like seven fifty, I think, is a lot for five hundred mil. So, I mean, it's really good. But when did you start that though? Seven years ago, when you started your booth, was that the price? Uh, seven fifty. Yeah, from the go. Well, then inflation. 
Just tell them inflation. No, I know, but I want to be fair to I, I want to be fair to people too. Okay. I want to give them a, my best shot at giving them a, a more affordable product because I don't think anyone else is doing that right now. Everybody's just going nothing we can do about it. Mm-hmm. And sadly, with cheese, that's it. It's a chunk of cheese. There's no way to make it less. No, definitely. When um, in Canada, our dairy is controlled by a commission, and they just raise the price across the board by eight point four percent. For so, dairy. yeah, I know. And, and that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. And that's literally like government down. But that's actually, that's really kind and a lovely approach for you. And you'll probably have a lot of retained customers for that reason. Because that means you care about them. Yeah. Let's go with it. Yeah, I do. I do. I have a lot of great. Same with you. You yeah. get a lot of really good regulars. And we do care. And you want to keep them happy. But... Um, the thing that gets me is, okay, so you have no control over that, what, 8.5% raise. No. None. Zero. But you're the guy standing there looking the customer in the eye going, there's nothing we can do about it. The government raised the price. Mm-hmm. And nobody from the government, from the Dairy Commission, is going to come and sit at Say Cheese <laughs> and answer questions about why they raised the price. And you're right, but at least... Being a specialty store, I have the uh, like the diction for that to explain it and understand. Yeah, imagine the poor kid at Sobeys. So like, uh, uh, uh my, you know, like they they don't they don't even have a clue, right? So yeah. that's where they would need help. The <laughs> Why don't you get the craft? Yeah, exactly. It's cheaper. Look, it's on sale two ninety nine for twenty four slices. Okay, that is so much softer. Mm-hmm. Pretty buttery. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely yeah, delicious compared to the last cheese too. Um, so this is called this was called Beamster, by the way. Sorry, we okay. skipped that because you can actually find this in the grocery store. It's quite delicious, quite common. However, yeah, we would prefer that yeah. you go to say cheese at the Crossroads Market. Yeah, is that is that's where time? you learned about it? Yeah, seventy four percent of the money you spend at local businesses stays in the community. I just heard that recently. Yeah, it's a true statistic. From our soap lady. Yeah, no, it's... We fair. we had Melba from the uh, Bonus Soap Company mm-hmm. on. Actually, I, I think that needs to be updated because after the pandemic, there was such a, like a shop local in- incentive by society. Mm-hmm. I bet it's went up to like 80%. Could be. Which is grand. So, yeah. There'll be a government study and we'll hear about that in 12 or 14 years. Maybe we should date the podcast 2032. Oh, there, you're getting back to delaying this. <laughs> and people will come to say cheese and go, wow, you looked way younger on yeah. TV. <laughs> Life's been hard. <laughs> so is this also, to you, a eat-it-all-by-itself cheese? Mm-hmm. Um, I just looked it up in a little cheese book I have, which is really helpful encyclopedia, basically. And it said, I love their like quick descriptions for things like this. It said, uh, local um, local um, brunch for uh, the the uh, what is this? a sheep uh, the shepherds and peasants because peasants eat brunch, I guess in French. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's um, yeah. So the reason it's buttery, more buttery on the t- uh, the tongue mm-hmm. is um, it's probably it's higher fat because this is drier cheese. Um, sheep's milk out of the ewe 
comes out at eight to nine percent fat. So it's double that of dairy cattle. Okay. Yeah. So even like if you've ever drank sheep milk, oh my God, you're drinking. No, it's like, ooh, it's like, like a cream almost. I don't even drink cow's milk. Oh, next time in the summer, I can get water buffalo milk from a local farmer. It tastes like candy. It's 10% fat out of the animal. Yeah, like naturally sweet. It's so beautiful. Got to be hard to oh, yeah. herd them up to get it. Uh, actually, I wonder. Sheep are, <laughs> sheep are worse. Sheep are bastards. They're kickers. Yeah, they don't like to be milk. Goats, they're like whatever. Cows, they're, you know, stupid. They like it. Yeah, they, it helps them. They're like, yeah. But sheep are just like, do not touch me. Where, like, what are you doing? Good Lord. Yeah. It's very interesting. But it makes it, and, um, this one is um, actually named after the valley in that forest is from, Osao Valley, Irati Forest in the Basque Country. It's from the southwest of France. So now what, and here's my question for it. Hmm. So would there be really good, maybe this is a dumb question. I ask lots of them. Uh, Australia, known for having gazillion New Zealand, lots mm-hmm. of sheep. Is the milk different there? Absolutely. Because then we're getting into the discussion of terroir, right? Um, oh, uh, sorry. Terroir is the... How do I put I'm this? not the only one that made that face when you said that. <laughs> Did you make it too? It is the... No, the, oh, the listeners. The view, viewers, the, yeah. The viewers out there. What is, the hell is that cheese boy talking about now? It's the indefinable expression of which makes a region's quality ingredients, wine, cheese, almonds, beef here, that their own. The, way, the reason why Alberta beef is better than, like, Manitoba. Or why this cheese, Fontina, there is a, well, it's a terrible reproduction, but made in Denmark. That, all, that, that one's only good for cooking. Okay. But there's a reason this costs three times as much. Because there's something that is in the valley that those cows are eating, like the grass, the different makeup of the grass. There's wildflowers in it. There's different spices. There's different kind of grass. There's okay. clover. And then what the grass is sitting on, the bedrock. Like, it's just the same as wines, right? Like, yeah. champagne is on chalk. The Loire is on granite and flint. Um, I don't even remember. So what, all of that affects the flavor. Ever so slightly. And that's what always separates the, you know, the gast- gastron- gastronomer versus just the like mm-hmm. regular person. Because you aim for those things. That's why wine from this region will go perfectly with this cheese because it's what's grown together goes together that old yep. saying yep um because they each carry those like microscopic details of this essence of slight essence of granite and this essence of the same soil and you know the same weather and i did watch a cheese show which i think you should be hosting but <laughs> as you mentioned before thank you yeah yeah no i think yeah i did um there's something funny about TV where and any kind of entertaining where you, at a certain point you got to stop making it totally about you, <laughs> and it's got to be about what the natural question would be. Yeah, sure, I could probably eat more of that. It's delicious. This is my dinner tonight. Lovely. This is a great way to do this. You were right, John. We should be feeding people when they're here. I don't know what you're going to make next week, but <laughs> so. With all of that combined, how many people do you get that come in there and they they have all of that knowledge already and they know what cheese they're going for? Kind of what's the percentage of people that 
I can imagine you explaining that to some people, mm -hmm. and in the back of their head, they're thinking, I just wanted some cheese, goddammit. <laughs> like, why? came for a piece of cheddar. What this guy you, won't leave me alone. Tastes like chalk and slate. What the? <laughs> um, I would say about... But my rule of thumb is that half the people we get, we know their names, or we know them. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, you're here for this, or how's it going? Hi, Lorraine. Hi, so-and-so. Hi. And then of those half, they're just like dedicated people. So maybe about 25%, 20 okay. to 25. And of course, most times they're not, they know this, but they don't, they don't come looking for cheese unless they need it for a recipe or they're hosting something. It's always like, right. Isaac, what's new? What's grand? Tell me, uh, inspire me basically, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It, um, well, and you job. love what you do. Yeah. So that's great. And, and when I bring in an exceptional cheese, the customers know because I don't even I don't even say hi to them. I'm like, try this. I'm like, hi Isaac. I'm like, oh David, hi, whatever. Just try this, and then they taste it, and they're like on the same level as me. They're like, that's outstanding. Yes, and then I, I have some who just like I show them a piece, you know, being kind, a smaller piece. And like David, David, my friend David, he looks at me. He's like, yeah. no, come on, like cheese. double. Came here for cheese. Yeah, it's a. I don't know. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Definitely when um. And sometimes when I get something that's so exceptional and short list, it it, it it's a back cheese or a back cooler cheese. It doesn't yeah. go to the front. It's only if I know you. I used to have a butcher I went to and I would go in and say, you know, I, I need six um ribeyes. Mm -hmm. And he'd like reach for the counter and I'd go, No, no. Some of the ribeyes you got in the back for you. <laughs> Not the everybody ribeyes. I went and every butcher will tuck away. Oh, well, I know that well. I, I work next to the butcher at the market. Cohen always has something saved wonderful. And it doesn't always be a, you know, it's whatever's great. Even for myself, it doesn't have to be a ribeye, the best. It can sometimes be a weird, weirdly good, sometimes okay cheese. You know what I mean? Like a great expression of it because the cows were happy. and It was from the perfect season in summer or whatever it is. And it just makes the best cheese. Let's go back to the cows were happy. Yeah. Yep. Happy cows make better cheese. Happy cows make better steaks, better beef, right? Oh, better steaks, yeah. But cheese for sure, because it means they're living a better life, right? So, um, how do? Uh, okay, this is a quote from Jesse King. Yeah, it's a rather harsh one, but she always buys chickens from Cohen, and because they're better, right? They're free range. They have a life. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, the groceries I don't touch them. Those poor Auschwitz chickens, and it's, I know. Wow, but that's it's, harsh. it's true. It's sadly like yeah, they're not always treated well. No, they're put in cages, and you know. But see, I have kind of a theory of that too, and I I don't like it if animals are being not treated well. But we're at the point on Earth that we have so many people, we have to do something to get affordable food mm -hmm. for a lot of people, and there are a lot of people that that can't go for the top of the line cheese or chicken or or whatever and uh you know they deserve good food too so mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of, i'm kind of torn on that one i uh i i'm not because i think <laughs> no 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 i'm not saying no from it's an elitist okay. perspective like let them starve the hoi polloi <laughs> i mean in france their most popular cheese here is 90 dollars a kilo by the time it gets to us because what they do is they subsidize it because it's a part of their culture to have good food. So instead of like creating a class distinction, like it's not class distinction, but here in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, Canadian dairy is artificially inflated. 
for price by this board for the farmers absolutely which i understand but then the consumers pay, reap the, the that's the issue and then we tariff everyone else's cheese coming in so that stuff like this which not this one but other great cheeses that are every day in other parts of the world are out of the reach of everyone right except the and, 5% and shipping and and right now shipping is brutal oh it's one yeah if not doubled sometimes by 4 for some people it's crazy so I don't like the model that we do. I think we should subsidize. Then it'd be have a better option for more people of better quality food, right? Because well, the farmers would be happier raising happier animals, right? And uh, isn't it funny that uh, I don't I don't think the farmers here are per se treated horribly. No, but I don't think they have the respect they deserve, considering they're the people that are feeding us. Yeah, and. Uh, in some cases, certain parts of the world, right? A lot of them, because we have a huge export market too. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough question, of course. And if pork, we knew the answer, we even I'm such a pork fan that oh, that's a very flavorful, delicious, outstanding, yeah. so delicious. Smartest thing I did with food this year. I also, in an effort once again to keep my prices where where they're. In line for people. Oh, heard about this one, yes. I started making my own sausage. And I get the uh, pork from Cohen. Mm -hmm. He grinds it up for me. And uh, it's a beautiful grind on it. And um, you'll have to pick I it have up. like four of these. Yeah, it's going to be stuck. Don't mind your hands. And anyway, it makes it more affordable for people, mm -hmm. and it's fresher. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, I've, I've had a couple of customers come back and go, what'd you change? I said, why? What's wrong? And they go, that was really good before. This stuff's amazing. <laughs> I was like, it's the pork. What's? It's, I mean, there's a good recipe, but. Well, of course, it's good pork. It's what you're doing. There's something about fresh pork or fresh um, sausage. Every time I've just made it myself. I'm always shocked. I'm like, whoa, this is this is delicious. It's it's really quite. Yeah, wonderful. I mixed three pounds. That was going to be my dinner. Not the whole. Th I mixed nine pounds actually, <laughs> three pound packages. Okay. And uh, I was going to cut some out and make a pork patty for dinner. Well, you got some cheese. It, you can bring home a bit to put on top of your pork patty. After. A bit. He's insinuating he's not giving me all of it, and I understand oh, that. Oh no, it's you expensive. can take it all. Well, you got to take something home. I'm sure you have cheese in your fridge. Really? What, Me. what cheese do you have in your fridge that you never run out of? Cheddar. I love cheddar. Yeah. I love aged cheddar. I always have some in the fridge because it's a great – it's an everything cheese. I love everything cheeses. It cooks. You can eat it on a daily basis. It melts good. melts great. takes out the stubborn spots right out. You know, it does it all. <laughs> so – um. Well, yeah, I remember when you started using our cheese. Go ahead if you want to try it. Um, for your lasagnas or beautiful parm, yeah. there was customers who noticed it immediately. And the second you stopped for one, you ran out. They're like, what's wrong with this? And it's just you ran out of that, you know, quality. You know who quality. does that? Kids. Really? It's really, it's not as hard to impress kids. But, man, if you change something on a kid and what they're used to getting, Mm-hmm. And lady, that's delicious. Oh, yeah. A lady told me a great... I'm, like, drooling. <laughs> lady oh. told me a great story that 
she had run out of fresh pasta and she cooked dry pasta. Mm -hmm. And she served it to her kitty, took two bites and goes, what is this? <laughs> and it's just, she told me since he was a baby, all he ever had was fresh pasta. <laughs> little... She said, you've absolutely ruined my child. That's hilarious. Like I've got four of my own kids to run. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to ruin your child. But isn't it funny? Like you, I'm sure you have customers that their children are lucky enough to get to eat mm -hmm. some of these cheeses. We have um, um, Brett and Hazel. They have, she, they live in Ramsey. She runs a business out of Ramsey. Very local people, so of course they shop at the market. Very lovely people. Two little girls, Hazel and Thea. And Thea brings Brie every day in her little lunch kit. So they always have to have they probably four wheels at a time or, or large the pieces little, so little that breeze. she has. Yep. Wow. Always as a piece. And then she shows off to the other kids. <laughs> Hazel always tells me. She's like, yeah, Thea's very proud of her Brie she brings. So, no, it's, uh, I think it's so much fun. And then they get to know the whole family sometimes. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, most of my customers are 40 to 50, maybe in their 60s. Right. Disposable incomes. But I know I've made a mark when... I see them all the time, and then the parents come to town. Oh, we have to go see Isaac. You have to come meet Isaac. And then, then the kids, most of them usually in university or live out of, and then they start trickling in slowly. I met um, another great customer's son this week. Yeah. he's. I've never met him, but he's eaten probably God knows how much cheese I've sold her. Uh, and she's just went to the Galapagos right now. So, like lucky her. As a, nice. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you have to apply to go there. Oh, really? Yeah, you don't just, it's not oh. a vacation trip. Huh. Well, I think. You have to, well, it is, but you have to qualify to go there. Very protected now. Well, for the best. I yeah. I think the turtles after the Can't we the do that for some areas? <laughs> I think we'll have to eventually. Okay, describe this cheese for me. Because I... it's not as buttery. No, it's it's a lot fruitier, actually. And that's, um, that's something I find in the area of, uh, area it's from this uh Austa and Haute Savoie like upper Savoy just okay. south of Lake Geneva if you know where Geneva yep. is that little like stretch of mountains and what they the cows make like all of the cheeses have this really fruity characteristic to them which is not something you'd think of describing cheese but you so, taste it yeah right? but yeah it's in there mm -hmm. but where is that coming from are they the terroir eating? yeah but I know. I, I get it, know. but what's up there that they're eating? I don't know. I'd have to, I'll go, but I, I don't think there's much difference in the pasture. See, there's your cheese show. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was, was a guy going around and, but, um, geez, Ooh. could you talk to the guest a little? Could you? <laughs> oh, I love this cheese. It's, um, a lot of people don't get it though. That's the, what breaks my heart. So it's, I, I find it so amazing. It's fruity. It's a little funky. You get that like earth, that like barnyard earth on the end. It um, has a lot of like melty characteristics. I wouldn't say buttery, but melky. So, okay, would it, um, would this be something, because I, I saw you do something on a TikTok or something with a fondue. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, said, hey, that's really easy if I don't have to do it. Uh, bring a fondue, but would this be over the top, or would this be added to a blend of cheeses I, for a fondue? If, if I was doing a fondue with this, I would just use this cheese because everything that we're tasting 
would be accentuated and it would be outstanding. It'd probably be the most expensive fondue ever, right? Because right. if you're serving, let's say, five people, that'd be $120 of cheese plus wines plus bread and all of your accoutrement. So yeah. it would be outstanding. And then if you really want to be decadent, put truffle on top. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of over the top, eh? Well, I mean, there, our, our, sh- so, our motto really... at the shop is there's no excess like debaucherous excess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> You know, go big or go home exactly. would be my poor American version of that. Well, these are delicious. It is. They're, so in um, in Piemonte, in the region next to this, the Italians make something called fondue. It's also a wine region, yes? It's an everything region. Something yeah. like the best food region of Italy, in my opinion. Um, they make fonduta, which is an Italian fondue, which is somehow richer because they add butter, egg yolks, and milk to it instead of on wine. I know. Okay. Um, and then to make it fonduta piemontesa, you actually put fresh white truffle, which I this year, mm. to give an example, I sold for $15,000 a kilo at Christmas. It was outrageously expensive this year. Like it's normally 10000 you know, reasonable. A reason. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> More than almost everybody's car. Yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. Like if you put it into context, oh, I, I never do though, because then I get carried away. Like, oh, good, this is just rent for a year for me. Great. Like, yeah, yeah, because it's not like you get all the money. No, God, no, no. So, how just kind of in general for these cheeses? Um, I know other products and from other countries and other regions of the world. People complain that the farmers aren't treated fairly. But would you say the European farmers uh, are because they are subsidized? Are they more fairly treated? I don't know. They still – okay, let's put, put this in context. I remember reading about a few years ago a farmer protest in France, mm-hmm. but the French just protest, right? Like if you yeah. go to Paris and there's not a protest going on, are you really in Paris? Like that, that could be a philosophical question really. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, so I don't know because I don't hear about any other f- groups of farmers in other European countries. And I don't mean to like, like joke about the French like that, but I, you know, they're known to complain because they don't put up with bullshit from their government as much as other countries. Yeah. I, I one of the best French stories about, um, that I've heard of was in a, there was a milk tax years ago and it went up by 10 cents per, you know, little liter or half liter or whatever. And the, the Parisians are like, Okay. Bought two each day. One to drink or one to use for coffee and stuff. The other one to pour in the streets as they went home. It lasted three days, the tax. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like they're they're a very visible protest. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why they that's why they usually work. And that's why they're on their fifth republic, second empire, and third monarchy. <laughs> yeah. So answer me this, since you you know about the milk system here. Mm-hmm. It always amazes me because I I do cream sauce. Mm-hmm. But if you if you go to the store to buy a four liter of milk, it has gone up thirty cents. Or it's five thirty nine now. Yeah. If you buy a two liter, it's four thirty nine. Mm-hmm. How does the math work on that? Because of how, so right now, the in Canada and most of the world, milk. Well, let's say let's say North America, Europe. Right. Milk consumption is going down. Right. Dairy consumption. The only thing growing in the dairy consumption world is a high end. Sheep, goat, buffalo, high-end, great dairy. Just okay. the regular stuff keeps on – it peaked in 2013 in this country and has been on a decline. And that means 
but here butter has been more and more and more popular. So if this is this is thirty four percent milk fat by volume. Okay, yeah. So if you make cheese, then you know you have um, you're using a bunch of that. You need the cream, right? So some right. cheeses this is, has cream added. So you have to skim all that cream. So skim milk is just skimmed off. Yeah, they uh, there's almost no demand for it now. Like they can make skim milk powder and stuff, but I have a farmer, a local friend who's just he's not just he's destroying it basically. But the and I think when I was maybe in my teens or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, the big push was to drink skim milk because it's going to keep you thinner. Yeah, that was the '80s fat fat, right? Yeah, when it was like fat is the enemy, and then we later learned it well cholesterol and processed grains and everything else is right. Yeah, there's a lot of other enemies yeah. in well, some of our foods. Exactly. Um, no, it just there's such a demand for that fat right now. Um, that that's what's driving up the prices, right? Okay. So skim milk, I, I even the farmer I spoke to, he's lowering his skim milk prices and his some products that use skim milk entirely to try and use it because they're just feeding it to pigs now to fatten them. So, which is good as a which use. Which is okay, yeah. As but, long as it doesn't get poured out well, on the street I mean, on your way destroyed is you know yeah. what I mean, like yeah, not used in its intent. So yeah. That that one percent is making a huge difference right now. Difference right now, and because cheese making, not many cheeses are made with a lower percentage. It's usually whole milk, right? They need the whole milk. They milk the cow, they pasteurize it, and they send it off. Right. So then there's no chance to um, recoup. So if you are buying whole milk, yeah, you're paying for that. The the big Cause, price because that's the demand, right? Yeah, when and there's no sense. Milk. I mean, if I'm making a cream sauce with it, short of using actual cream, which um, I'm not as fond of in the cream sauce. I don't know why, but um, maybe it's the way I make it. But uh, it's just I've always wondered why. How could it be you get twice as much for a dollar more? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would just use um, 1% milk. And if you're making a bechamel and add butter to supplement, probably be cheaper in the end. Well, I don't know. Butter's gone up too. Not as much butter. I don't but know. real butter. And what we should talk about that. You brought up butter. It's your fault. The butter that you brought me. <laughs> tell me about that. He, Isaac brought me this butter, and it, it was, like, stunning. Oh, yeah. Like, to me, for a, for a minute, I thought, well, you know, you, you could have got way more of that butter on this little chunk of bread. Like, a lot. Like, you could have <laughs> doused it in it. Where was that from? That is from, it's considered the best place in the world to get cream and butter from. Isigny, France. It's a subregion of Normandy. So what, ma it's, what makes it so beautiful is that I think in the 1909, I think if I read that correctly on their website, the farmers kind of built a co-op in the area to ensure that their milk and cream were utmost quality. And they've just kept the standard up throughout the last century. Seems pretty progressive for that time in the world. Well, they... 1909. I've foresighted. Foresight. I, I mean, more of like a co-op. Like, yeah. they formed a co-op. Yeah, but co there had to be a certain level of... Oh, well, that's the first distinction for... That is kind of French, too. Absolutely. Well, that's where... Um, so this would be... This is an AOP cheese. This is an AOP cheese. And this is Dutch. So they don't have any of those. It means right. like origin of protection. Yeah. Um, and the French, the Italians have a DOC a D, as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. DOC tomatoes, designation, origin of control. 
It's right. all about quality. So that means these cows, in the, the yeah, they're in the field grazing, but they also have a diet, and this diet has to have has rig, rigid standards. If you're outside the diet, that's not the right cheese. You can't call it that cheese. You might not even be able to make it. This cheese, the milk has to be turned into cheese within 18 hours, or the milk is useless. It's spoiled. Yeah, basically. And if sometimes it's as limited as copper pots versus others. You're using the wrong kind of wood for the handle to turn the cheese? Wrong. Like, literally, the butter, it has to be teak wood churns, or it cannot be called that butter. Because that's how they've done it forever. It's it's also protect their history and their culture. But when you taste that's it... That's really interesting. It's wonderful. Um, so there was a hay shortage for years in France in a certain region. And they were getting close to like not being able to... To going outside to, the laws. Right. So then they pleaded the French government to just alter it that year. Otherwise they would have... I don't even know what would have happened. So, yeah. They would have had to call it something else. Yeah, or sell... And then sell it less, right? would have been quite sad. Um, and then the hay sometimes outside the region can't do that, you know? So in, in Signy, where that beautiful butter comes from, it's golden and just outstanding. They have to use Breton salt from the next region over, big pieces of it. Other salt, no way, no bueno, no go, you know? Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's so terribly French. Because you just, and uh, our mutual friend, Les, mm-hmm. always gets butter from you. Yes, he gets New Zealand butter. Yeah. Yeah, I I would love to sell them the next one, but I also fear you can get people started on it, and that's it. They're like, I can't have anything else. Like, it's kind of the lack of a better way to put it: heroin, yeah, with butter. It and that happens a lot with the cheeses too. Like, Les won't be buying regular cheese anymore. It's only Colby. Now. Oh no, yeah. no, he's he's going, and I know that he comes to the market to shop, and he he goes maybe five or six of us. Mm-hmm. And he buys specific things that uh, he doesn't buy a huge amount, mm-hmm. but he really enjoys it. And, and maybe that's the key. Like you don't need more. Mm-hmm. Where I, you know, from the U.S., I come from that, well, more is better. I mean, I don't know if I've told this story on the show, but I I was somewhere, might have been Texas. And everywhere I went, I said, uh can I get fries, but just bring me half an order of fries, not the whole? And the plate showed up, and I said, I'm sorry, but I asked for half an order. And she goes, yeah, that's it. Oh, I was like, it's like easily three times as many French fries as anyone would need. Oh, gosh. Well, what what's the state motto? It's always bigger in Texas. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It rings Have true. a seat, put on this hat, we'll strap you in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> 64 ounces of beef or more and it's free. <laughs> yeah, they do still have, I think, are there no. any of those up here? I, I don't know not. of any. Just like, we have free health care. I think it'd probably be illegal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd flood the, yeah, exactly. flood the health care market. <laughs> yeah. Um, All of these are delicious. Excellent. Do you have something that you don't have um, all the time, other than the uh, the one that you mentioned around Christmas? Mm-hmm. That like do you, I'm assuming you probably have a short list of people when you get something in, you call them and yeah. just say, "Hey, I got this in." Oh yeah, it's a it's just a text message like, "Hey, you have to come see me." And at this point, there's such a rapport. They're like, "Yep, Isaac, just let us." They know. They just trust you. Yep, which is great. So. 
I, I very much appreciate that. That means I when I bring in the $1,000 wheel, it's not like a sweating, like, oh, my God, what is going what on? What if we don't unload this? Be like, oh, did I bring in enough? Like, oh. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely when something is really amazing, it's I, – I, there was – when the pandemic – the summer of 2020, they started carrying, bringing into Canada this Portuguese cheese. Mm-hmm. I think I brought you a piece or like a taste. It, it comes in this – oops. That's okay. It comes in this little – yeah. John's shaking his head like, of course, you can't do anything about that. Sorry. <laughs> um, it, it actually cloth wrapped because they're so delicate. If you like push them too hard, they'll just burst their sides and just ooze out. And it's this like gooey interior. Oh yeah, I yeah, I had some of that. Um, and I we brought in thirty. Because Nancy's like, I ha- we have this line on this cool cool cheese, and I said, yeah, we'll do thirty. She's like, that's a lot. I'm like, no, just trust me, just trust me. And then after the first like three hours of the Friday, I'm like Nancy, I need I need fifty more. She's like, what? And then she's like, oh yeah, I guess so. We were the only people who could sell them in Canada. <laughs> Montreal was having trouble. Toronto, no one else. That's in the kind city. of surprising. You would think Montreal. I, I mean, Montreal has great food. I, I think it was more of just like a, it's not well known here because Portugal doesn't export a lot of their cheeses here. Like right. you know, Gruyeres and Goudas and things that are known by ear have a better market. Say if you're right. shopping at a store, you can see that and be like, "Hmm, cool." And you know what it is, or have an idea, you're comfortable with it. Yeah. I actually, years ago, this is one of the weirdest gigs I ever did. <clears throat> I went to uh, Whistler for a cheese event. Oh, and apparently, oh. uh, the island and in the area in Vancouver and on the island, they have a lot of boutique cheese factories. Hmm. So they had this big event. And I didn't think anything of it going there. And it, I can, I think I've told you about this. So it was basically, and they do it in in France that they, Wales, Wales, yes, okay, of all they places. Get, they get wheels of cheese. Well, at least if you're in Wales, you're getting hit by worse cheese. You're, no offense if you're from Wales, but I mean, you just alienated two viewers out of Calgary. They could see this in Wales. Oh. You're I'm right. sure they have the internet by now. <laughs> Just I'm kidding. You could once you start, you can't stop. Yeah. Anyway, so they have twenty uh, twenty two kilo wheels of cheese, and uh, uh, line, it's something like running with the bulls, although uh, you're running with the cheese wheels. So you start running down the hill, and then these guys let her let them rip, and they're rolling down the hill, and it didn't really occur to me what was going on, and because I'm not that smart. And uh, so they're basically 40-plus pounds of cheese wheels rolling down the hill. And they had all these bales of hay set up. And uh, all of the, all of the uh, audience that was watching the event were behind the bales of hay. Uh, apparently, they had never tested it because some of the wheels actually like blew through. Blew through. Oh. And hit, we had a uh, minimum three people leaving ambulances with broken legs. Oh, God. There were guys, they had to go up and, and bring them down in stretchers. And uh, a couple of the people that were injured were on the other side of the hay bales. And I was just standing there, and it didn't dawn on me till the first one went by. And it went by and went, holy shit. And then I turned around, I could see all these wheels of cheese coming down. And I, I thought, this, I don't, I'm not getting paid enough for this one. You need hazard pay for that. Yeah, it's a fun gig, but this is dangerous. It, you didn't clue in when they're like, okay, Jeb, is your life insurance up to date? Sign this and this and this. 
Yeah. Did you call t- uh, Judy? Yeah. Great. Do, do, do you have Let a, him rip. <laughs> do you have any goalie equipment? <laughs> <laughs> that might not even help, honestly, with 40 pounds. But you would have you would have loved to watch that. Oh, well, yeah. It's just In a sad fun. and sick way. Yeah. It's schadenfreude. Yeah. 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 It's uh yeah, it's not healthy for anybody, but it but when I was there, they had the displays of cheese. And the amount they gave you was so minuscule. Hmm. And it and it was like I did each booth. Well, I didn't really get a I can't really fairly judge that based on what you gave me. And they'd go, "No, that's it, buddy." <laughs> Were you the judge as well? Hmm? Were you the judge as well for no, the cheese? God, oh. No. No, they had actual culinary experts that were there. Although it would have been more fun to have like really everyday people, which is sometimes with just what comes out of their mouth, right? For yeah. food, it's always outstanding. Well, that I mean, my mom with the blue cheese. My dad and I be eating blue cheese, and she was always it's like stinky socks. <laughs> I hear that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, it does smell like that yeah. sometimes. What, 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 though I have one that's worse. I, I, it actually tastes great, but the smell, like, this smells, that kind of smells like fish because there's, I, I can't recall, but there's something to do with dead fish in the cave it's aged in. I don't know oh, why. Okay. Well, maybe they dried fish in there. Yeah, something like that. This one smells just like, like a, a cow died in is its own a, shit in a field. Is this the one that you sent home with Stefan? Yes, it's his favorite. You can smell it from your booth. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I made a it, it, you make a very delicious dish with it called tartiflette from Savoy. Yeah. And god it I made it last week because I had a bunch of wheels in on sale. I was struggling to go to my own house and I love cheese. I'd be like walking by the apartment door and like, "Oh my god, my neighbors will think I died in there." Like yeah. it was bad. They just have to get the cops are kicking no. the door in. They're like, "Yeah, exactly." Cadaver dog scratching. <laughs> <laughs> They'd go right to the right to the so fridge. So, what is it about that cheese that makes it smell like that? No idea. It's a wash rind cheese like this, which they they smell. They're yeah. earthy. They're stinky. Um, there's a bunch made in Normandy where that great butter's from. But this was this one takes the cake. It it just smells like just pure. Hard. Can you explain that phrase, wash rind? Uh, so, for those of you out there, that uh, brie is white. It's, it has that living rind. It's called a bloomy rind. A wash rind is a different enzyme. So when their cheese is aged, like if they put it on the shelf, they're always wooden shelves. They wash it and they turn it and sometimes they flip it. Depends on the style. Yeah. Uh, Parmesan, I believe, is just turned slowly uh, for years. Um, But wash rind, they have this like live enzyme in the wash. They brush it with, turn it, and then leave it. And it grows this rind. Brie is a different one. Actually, brie is always fun because the walls are covered in that mold. So the better the cheese cave, the more different the molds are in the walls that are interacting that with flav- the cheese. flavors the cheese. Exactly. Wow. And that's why it's so important to have a good cheese cave it, because it interacts naturally. Um, so, yeah, it's just a different enzyme that makes it reddish. And a wash rind is always reddish, you can tell, orange-red. Um, right. And sometimes they get bloomy rinds on outside of them, depending on the cheese cave again, um, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and it just it leaves a very distinct flavor. Yeah, it's, this, I, I I honestly I I find the brie. You sent me home with some brie uh, the other day. Oh, the delicia. Yeah. yeah, it. Uh, you said something to nibble on this week. Didn't really 
last as long as you might have <laughs> thought it was gonna. I, you know what? I actually the first time I got into it, I managed to put some away. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the basis of it was so good, I want to save some. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I am being a compulsive, addictive personality. <laughs> Once I start with something I like, I keep going after it. Interesting. Y- y- your ex-wife, that's her favorite cheese, too. Delise de Burgoyne, the one I gave you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Every year, you always, thank goodness you introduced me every year again. You're always like, Isaac, this is Judy. I'm like, oh, yeah, Judy. Uh, and then it's like, I, I don't know why I remember, but I remember her favorite cheese. Well, her sister comes for Christmas every year. And that, for the week, mm-hmm. they come in and uh, they buy what they want. Yeah. They get mussels from Brian uh, at Billingsgate, mm-hmm. which he has, like, the best mussels. Oh, yeah. um, she buys bread there, of course, from the bakery and, you know, buys nothing for me. But she takes <laughs> some linguine sometimes. She offers to pay. <laughs> but um, it seems unfair. I was a horrible – I wasn't a horrible husband. I had some moments, some years. Anyway um, – <laughs> But she loves the cheese there. And when she was uh, uh, she was quarantined for a while, and I was shopping for her, and I thought pretty much the least I can do is offer to buy, have, make sure you have food. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, her and her sister love going to the, to the Say Cheese. Excellent. I can. That explains it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. She is a really nice person. Oh, no, I love serving Judy. She's always content and lovely and pleasant. Yes. Those are lovely things. Those are great qualities for customers. And they're both, yeah, and they're both uh, good foodies. Yeah. And they like to try these different things and new things. And they're like, oh, okay, that one too. And that's always my favorite response where it's like, well, you can't just leave with that and try this one too. Yeah. Don't go with one cheese. Yeah. My my favorite was Jen was telling me, I can't remember what customer it was, was I was away a day for something or whatever. And then um, they're like, oh, Isaac's not here. And then Jen's like, yeah, no, he's not. Sorry. And then the person's like, oh, that's a good thing. I won't leave here with like $150 of fucking cheese. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I have that ability on people. There is something, though, about going to a market that people want to buy from someone they know. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, any time that I've been away and had somebody in my booth, mm-hmm. it's it's um, the numbers are not great. No, uh, and it's and I never blame the person because part of it too, they come for a chat and mm-hmm. and a visit. Then they know us, like yeah, um, because we, you know, with mem- like this Judy for ex- for example, like I remember her cheese. Like oh, I see Judy, get her cheese ready because I don't see her that often. Yeah. People like that, I get their cheese ready. And other times, I'm like, oh, um, I'll just like go in the memory, like, uh, you bought this. You, this is one of your favorite cheeses I have, and I don't normally carry it, and I'll just bring that out too. It's right. weird. I remember it. I don't know how I remember half the shit sometimes. I'm like, Bartenders. Yeah, like, how do they I They remember know? people's drinks. Uh, I remember people's cheese <laughs> or their yeah, favorites. there you go. That's healthier. Yeah, it is. I'm Very a, much so. I'm a, you would maybe see Judy more often if I didn't have my booth there. Oh, okay. Or she might sneak in the back door. Next time I'll let her know, like, this door, you don't even have to see him. <laughs> I won't rat you out. Yeah, exactly. I won't tell him you were here. And eventually that, if that becomes Same a thing. Same thing for bartenders. Yeah. <laughs> they used to do that too. So tell me about this. This is a serious blue. It is. It's gorgeous. It's one of the best in Canada. It's called Tiger Blue from Penticton, BC. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So when they opened... 
they had a winery there and then they opened up the cheese maker to basically make their own amazing cheese to pair at the wine. And then a, another, Brilliant. Uh, I know, another vineyard's done that as well. Because they're going to do tastings. Well, of course they are. And really, like, you know, you know how people are. I'm sure you have friends that just go to BC once a year to stock up on like three cases of wine. Well, if you're also there and now you can buy Three a, or three? Three. Three. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Minimum. Well, you know what I mean. People just like shop for their. That was uh, we we were at the uh, Willow Park wine auction one year, and I had a particular vineyard that I liked, and uh, the guy actually I just stood by him, and talked to him and drank his wine, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, you're you're welcome to try some of the other wines." So I said, no, "I'm good." <laughs> and then Michael, who you would know from Willow Park, mm-hmm. he's one of their sommeliers. Uh, he comes by and I said, Michael, he's trying to ditch me. Tell him how much of uh, his wine I buy. And he goes, oh, my God, he's already ordered three cases tonight. <laughs> and he said, that's not unusual. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, you know what? I'll sign a bottle for you. Oh. And I thought, well, that's special. The amount I buy, I want you to sign a case and I'll give them out as Christmas <laughs> gifts. And he went, yeah, okay. <laughs> Putting on his best, I'll be polite face. So the blue in the blue cheese is a mold. Yeah. Here's the argument that my sis my sister and they are uh they are really Americans. My sister and her husband. And uh I don't know how else to put it. Um so, and I grew up like this. If there was uh, a bit of mold on the outside of the cheese, you cut it off and then ate the rest of the cheese. Yeah, or her, with it. her husband apparently wants virgin cheese. Oh, and and she now she told me not that long ago. Yeah, I just cut the mold off and don't tell him. <laughs> I thought I can't believe it took you that long to figure that one out. Yeah, really. What? Yeah, that's a. Uh, oh my god! Uh, I I'm glad. It's, that one's stellar. Oh, yeah. Melting over a ribeye? Oh, or just smeared on bread. You know this with that butter you were talking about on beautiful bread? Now, that would be something else. Oh, my God. That is. that may, where, And this is from Penticton? Mm-hmm. Penticton, B.C. I don't mean to sound surprised, but I am. Yeah, well, I, I am, too, when I tasted it. Because... I think they're buying milk from the milk board. Don't quote me on that. But that just means like the BC milk board. So that's just like whatever they sell their milk to. But you could find out. And when people watch this, then come in for some of this. And if you like blue cheese, you have to have this. Oh, yeah. Like this is not a, you know, you know, sometimes, and no offense to grocery stores, but you go to a grocery store and it says blue cheese on the label, but you're not seeing any of this or very little. Which is not always the case for blue. You don't need to see the blue to have it really flavorful. But that's what they sell is the Danish stuff. Hmm. And it's yeah. like the cheapest shit they can produce there and export. It's terrible. I'm going to pretend like my mouth is really sticky with cheese before I insult the Danes. <laughs> but well, we've done the Welsh. The yeah, Danes we got are the next. Welsh. Don't even get me started on the Greeks, Jeb. I mean, really. Yes. What was there was a eagle song, the Greeks don't like no freaks, but I think it was actually had something to do with the uh, uh, fraternity. Uh. 
Yeah, the Greeks are an interesting history. Absolutely. I, I always say, though, like, you know, if your civilization peaks 2,400 years ago, there's no place to go but down, right? Like, <laughs> that is true. I love it. However, the Greeks will tell you how much they've invented, and they they have. Mm-hmm. But the actual, um, I've never been to Greece, believe it or not, all the times that we travel. Um, but the food, I, I love Greek food. Mm-hmm. But they are all about the flavor. Oh, yeah. You know, and oregano. They do love oregano. They, they sure do. <laughs> mm. Not that I don't use oregano. There's a point. There's It's to a yeah. point, though. It's not. We used to have dinner parties where we would um, name a country. So everybody that came to the dinner party had to. Uh, this is my classy TV move. Um, uh, we would pick a country. And then we would uh, um, get together and decide on kind of an assignment of, of uh, yeah, courses. A, a dish to make. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the couple that lived directly across the alley from us, uh, she said, oh, chicken, I can do chicken. So she did the lemon chicken and potatoes, uh, one of my favorite dishes. Mm-hmm. She brought it over, and she walked in and went, I think it's horrible. I don't know if you guys can. And it was probably one of the best versions I've ever <laughs> eaten. And they just, the two of them, you could tell, they just hated it. Oh, just and I don't. It just wasn't. And they are pretty meat and potatoes kind of people, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I kept going. I don't think you know how good you did. <laughs> like I don't think you're understanding. This is delicious. And it was right at restaurant quality. Hmm. And she said, "Well, you know, I just found a recipe and just did that." And I thought, "Well, you did it well." Yeah. And please print off the recipe and send it to me. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's quite fun. So other than, so you would put this on bread at your house? Oh, yeah. With some pork or Madeira. Yeah, just a big glob of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and actually, it's usually with softer cheeses I like to have bread, but these semi-firm and hard cheeses, I don't bother. I eat so much cheese at this point. Like, I just, just give it to me straight. It's pure. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cut it with bread. Yeah, honestly. Like, that stuff? No. No way. Even though bread is delicious. I'm so, yeah, I'm still a f- really big fan of cheese and crackers. I like it with, like, cheddar. It's a childhood but, thing. Yeah. And, oh, same here, because my parents actually always shop at the market. Yep. The time yep. I was five, I think. I don't know if I know your mom. I know your dad <laughs> fairly well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they, um, but with the nicer stuff, I just want it on its own. It's delicious. Nothing to confuse the flavor. No. I mean, bread doesn't enhance, but just from. Bone-in ribeye, that cheese melting over the top of it. Absolutely. After by, it's been butter-basted. Yes, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Buy the bone-in ribeye. It, I don't care what you Almost any meat you cook tastes better with the bone-in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so much flavor comes out of that bone. Absolutely. Or... Um, a great Rest of Development quote uh, when Carl Weathers was on it. He played an alternate version. Oh, it's fat. I don't think I know this one. Oh, it's just he had this reoccurring bit where, like, that bone, just save it. 
few potatoes, an onion. You got a stew going, baby. And it's just like every time. (laughs) I have some uh, uh, beef bones in my freezer waiting, too. It's my my favorite thing in the world. I love osobuco. And, uh, yeah, John's agreeing. And really, you know what it is? It's stew. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. But you get the bone, and you get a little bit of bread, and mm-hmm. you get all the marrow. Oh yeah. And we've I've made it for people at at our house before, and they would look at us like we were insane, eating the bone. You don't want the marrow? Well, yeah. Here, pass it over. It, that on bread. Yeah. With butter. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's got to be on bread. Yeah. That, but it's well, hard to describe how tasty that is. Yes, because I Cohen gave me some. I think it's called it's silver skin, like the thick parts of silver skin, mm-hmm. and he just gave me a bag of it because I was making a stew last month, and he's like, "Just throw this in." And like, I know it cooks down, but I didn't even couldn't even believe the, like the bits in the stew, like these little lines that just completely melt away. Like, yeah, they kind of go gelatiny a little absolutely. bit, and they add a, a level to the stew. They do, and. Like, I knew that with Asabuka was full of it, but just to have yeah. a bag of it on its own, that was something else. Yeah. It was just like a jello stew. <laughs> well, I used, when I did uh, beef stew, or when I do beef stew, I like to uh, butcher out butcher it out myself. Like, I'll just get the chunk of meat and butcher it out myself. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I got some from Cohen once, and he's just chopping it up. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll take it home. I'll do it. And it's because I take all of those bits, and I put them in a pan for me. <laughs> Like, there's no sense in no offense, folks. No sense in wasting all of that. You know, there's such a thing as bits that never make it out of the kitchen. Oh, yeah. You know, the chef has his favorites. Mm-hmm. And everyone does it. Like, um, Pope Snows is the reason. It's for the yep. cook, right? Like, oh, yeah. It's the best part of the bird. <coughs> and if you, don't, if you don't know what that is, basically, it's the tail don't, don't tell them. Don't tell them. Well, I keep it for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you tell them, they'll be less likely to eat it. Oh, that's true. But yeah. And also in my family, uh, the piece of chicken that we fought over was the back. Oh, like right. Yeah, you went the to t- oysters. Oh, yes. You went, yes. Okay. There's like the little best pieces. Mm-hmm. And uh, those of you that only eat chicken breast, you're an idiot. <laughs> Thighs are way better. Have you been for yakitori at... Um... New, not Nupo, but Darren McLean's other restaurant. No. They, they literally butcher down every piece. So there's yeah. these, like chicken sweetbreads, which have you even love? Like chicken tails, oysters, sweetbreads, hearts, livers. Oh, really? Oh, and it's yakitori, so it's like on a, you know. Is that uh, a Japanese Shokunin? Girl? Yeah, Shokunin, yeah. Yeah, that's that was his first place, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely worth a trip. Well, I know that you can get that sometimes when Jay's son at Eats of Asia is making them. Yes, he can. <coughs> and he does the hearts, too. I'm waiting for him to do the uh, the oysters, though. and Or he's doing the oysters, the tails, and the gizzards. Uh, not the gizzard, the, um, the sweet bread. Like, yeah. Which is a weird cut, but I love it. I love it so much. My dad, first piece of fried chicken he took was the neck. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, would be, oh, that'd be so good. Uh, dad from mom from Texas, dad from Oklahoma. You didn't waste chicken. <laughs> you didn't waste meat. You know, and and I'm a firm believer. Uh, poor food is the best food. 
Because they figure out how to make everything taste amazing. Well, they have to, right? Yeah. I was I, I was hosting an event one time that was a food-based event. There were six chefs cooking. And uh, I said, you know, uh, this is amazing to watch the food coming out of here, all of these different things that everybody's come up with. And, uh, you know, I can't make food look like that. I just make food that tastes really good. <laughs> And one of the one of the chefs came up screaming at me. He said, "I know exactly what you meant." And I said, "You're the guy that overcooked the fillets, huh?" <laughs> and he just looked at me. He said, "Shut up!" And I said, "You had five rationale ovens back there, and you overcooked. How you just put a probe in it? It'll do all the work." Oh my gosh! But it was just they came out well done, which is nothing better for a fillet to turn it into jerky. Yeah, basically. Oh. And it's really there's not enough fat in it to do a lot of things. Like I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why a chef would have picked fillet anyway. Yeah, it's I also mean that, cliche, really. If you're trying to impress yep. judges, yep, it's a it's an afterthought actually. Yeah, it's kind of like watching a Ramsey cooking show, and you're somewhat depressed because this is the one show he didn't make uh, beef Wellington on, which is from what the '60s. Yeah. It's a great dish, but it's a little played out. <laughs> yeah, a little played out. And scallops. Of course. There's always scallops. There's always – he's very – he has his wheelhouse. I mean, and when they're well done, they're incredible. Like, yeah. prop, properly oh, prepared, yeah. sorry. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't got bored of them. <laughs> they're, and you know what? They're also really easy to hoop. Yeah. They're, they are not hard to screw up. Exactly. And there's nothing worse than being cook, cooking for a group of people at your house. And uh, I would walk out and go, you need to get your asses in your chairs right now. And it was like, and they'd be, oh, duh, duh. no, I meant right now. And then I'd just walk out and go, well, it's all overdone. Come on in. <laughs> and it would just piss me off. I don't know why people wouldn't listen. Yeah. I get that. So here – one of my questions that I had for you, too, and this is kind of a uh, – I'm a big fan of Asian food, but I don't recall cheese being a huge thing in Asian cuisine. Uh, it's not. The only reason it's part – like dairy's part of Vietnamese cuisine is from French colonialism. Right. I, I don't know why. I think it's just a history. Which it's, is where the condensed milk came from. Exactly. Baguettes for their yep. – um, yeah, Butter, the... even in butter, because China doesn't use butter. So – um, I don't know. I, I think it's just a cultural thing. Because yeah, um, they have animals to make it with. Oh, yeah. They had water buffalo, chickens, pork, beef, everything. And you would think the French would have instilled that. Well, they I don't know how long them. they were there. Uh, just under 100 years, I believe. Yeah. Which they might is... have overstayed their welcome. <laughs> well, when you get kicked out by communists, probably. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll tell you the oddest thing that I ever saw. We were in Mexico one time, and we're at Lake Chapala. And uh, I I love Mexican cuisine, too. And and we had Dave Kelly on the show recently. And we both decided you, you cannot dislike any cuisine that's two. Their two major ingredients are salt and fat. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> delicious. And uh, so we're driving around the lake to see the whole thing. And the guy we were talking to said, well, you have to stop at the Swiss village. <laughs> in Mexico? 
yeah, it gets better. And we're like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And he said, oh, there's a Swiss village on the other side of the lake. You go up the mountain. And there's a sign that says, to the Swiss village. And you go up there. And uh, it's a Swiss. They're like chalets. And they're almost like uh, Ponderosa Pines mm -hmm. up this mountain. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's beautiful up there. And so it's like, well, i got to find out what happened here. And at one point in time, the Swiss... Uh, sent an army to overtake Mexico. Oh. I don't know how many people they thought they had to send, but it probably was more than this. So anyway, they found this area and that looked like something they were used to and went there <laughs> and built chalets, Swiss chalets, and they said not the restaurant, but yeah, no, yeah but uh, and then uh, Switzerland said, okay, uh, this isn't going to work out. You need to come home. And a bunch of them went, no. <laughs> so you go up there, and there's a lot of people that are Swiss, and they speak impeccable Spanish. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Interesting. But very cool. It is. A lot cooler than going to, like, say, Argentina and finding the white villages that speak German. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a few of those. Yes, even in Brazil, right? There's a few Germans speaking in the south? Yeah. In the south, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that, they must have been there... Um, the French sent over lots of armies because they were backing a Habsburg emperor of Mexico in the 50s and 60s and the 1860s. Uh, so the Swiss must have sent some troops to help. So To be troopers? Mercenaries, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they decided not to go home. Uh, good for, hey, it's pretty. It's, you know, warmer Summers than... Summers are nice. Exactly. I wonder if they make any, like, Swiss-style cheeses that they brought with them and oh, make them know. there. And then that would be incredible. They'd be, they'd be so different, right? Like part yeah. Gruyere, part Mexican. I'm sure it'd be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, because you use a, a lot of uh, queso fresco in Mexican cooking. Mm -hmm. And uh, do they have that? use that in Brazil? Queso yeah. fresco, yeah. So well, it's a fresh, fresh cheese. cheese. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Well, it's great. I always have to ask when where customers are from when they're looking, like actually Latin American, when they're looking for queso, queso fresco. Because yep. most people here don't know. I don't even know. Like, because each country has their own version of it. Right. Same name, but it's all slightly different. So I have to check. Oh, Colombian, Venezuelan, Mexican. Like, just to have a better idea of what to sell. But, and we've talked about this to, to a lot of the rest of the world. Latin is Latin. Mm -hmm. And because we are human beings simple, as human beings sometimes, a lot of people think Asian is Asian and mm -hmm. Latin is Latin. But... The differences yeah. are amazing. It's just like this cheese is only made in one region. There's so many regional dishes all across the world. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. When you go to these regions and, and whoever, there's probably in that region one group that makes the best version of that. Oh, absolutely. And they are like the king of the castle. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I, I, we Judy has an old friend that lives on uh, Whidbey Island, and she yeah. makes literally the best blackberry jelly I've ever had, and they're all over the island. Mm -hmm. And I I came back and I couldn't pay for blackberries anymore. <laughs> I was like, you could just walk around with a big five gallon pail mm -hmm. and pick them there, and they they grow. I mean, they grow like weeds. They're everywhere. Yeah, it's well, mostly islands on the west coast, right? Like yeah. my cousins are from Vancouver Island, same thing. 
just go off the edge of the highway and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. It's grand. Well, um, where we used to have our place, and it was on Six Sika, but it was in a river valley. Yeah. Uh, from uh, June, maybe end of July or early July, uh, Saskatoon's everywhere. So wonderful. Same thing, just gallons and well, gallons. Well, are and there some? It's going to be a weird question, I think. Fruit infused cheeses. Yeah, you can get so Gouda's. They literally make everything. If you can think of a, this will be the first thing. A flavor. To, yeah, they'll legally. I'm sure first one with cannabis and probably like psilocybin mushrooms because they put it in everything. Not sorry, not cannabis and mushrooms, but I mean they. Yeah. There's thousands of flavors of Gouda, so I'm sure they'll be the first to do a legal. Is it version. because it's a good blank palate? Exactly. Yeah, because it's slightly sweeter, so it can carry forward these cheeses or these flavors. Um, I I get some British cheeses that are flavored. They have s- strawberries. British flavor. I know, shocking. Just just hold it on is. here. Just hold on here. <laughs> no, um, their cheese their cheeses are next level. They do great cheeses. Yeah. Even though I think of the, one of the most famous cheese things is from Monty Python. Yeah. No cheese. The yeah. other one being a terrible cheese he's talking about. Do you know Wallace and Gromit? No. You don't know Wallace and Gromit, the show at Claymation? Oh, oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, Sam Wensydale Gromit cheese. It's terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> cheese. But a lot of the other cheeses they make are great. So, but the, what they're famous for is, you know, not so. Um, but no, that I get mango ginger at the shop right now, apricot stilton. They're actually all lovely. They're really just dessert, though. They're kind of fun. So, and pretty much everybody that works there, I'm, I mean... I always, because we're friends, I talk to you more than anyone else there. But the the girls are great. And uh, all of them know lots about cheese. And uh, you could just go in there and go, look, I'm having this or I want to mm-hmm. do this. And you can match people up. Oh, absolutely. It's my favorite. If uh, I, You know, if, if you're having just like cheese and wine, if you come to see me first, we can pick the cheeses out. I send you to a certain place and they'll direct the wine or vice versa. I do my best. Oh, yeah. usually there's pairings. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I did that for my fiftieth birthday. It'd be wonderful. Not a small yay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and a pretty amazing chef. That sounds very fun. And yeah. you're still drinking then, right? So you could enjoy the Oh, wine. I was still drinking then. <laughs> yes, I was. I believe my daughters came up from the US and they actually asked the sommelier how much wine I had drank. And they almost uh, died of shock when he told them. And then he said, oh, I've seen him drink more than that. Oh. <laughs> and we had two bottles in us before any guests showed up. <laughs> we were there opening bottles and getting ready. Yeah. And you can't, you know, well, when you're still drinking, you can't do that without having yeah. some. Well, even if not, like, to, you have to try everything just to refresh your memory as a small A, right? Oh, I had to, yeah, well, you know. Michael picked the majority of the wines, and I basically, I said, you know what I like for reds, mm-hmm. other whites I don't give a shit about. <laughs> I'm not a big white wine guy, just not my thing. But are there are there cheeses that pair better with white wine than red? Yep. Um, I usually prefer whites, so I tend to go that way. This one, Barbaresco. Just classic beef. Yeah, yeah. You're you're shaking. Yeah. Seven years so, or eight years sober. You're like, I, yes. Yeah, I could eat uh, the package you brought it in <laughs> with the Barbaresco. Yeah. 
and enjoy it. Absolutely. Oh, well, the Barbaresque would carry it. The, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you get this? Just mm. leave a little bit of cheese crumbs on it. Exactly. The it's petroleum must be <laughs> Colombian. Yes, yes. Not not Alberta petroleum. You can tell with the Barbaresco it yes. comes through. Um, this one would be a, um, um, a, a Bordeaux, I believe. So nice red. Yeah. Uh, of what kind? I don't know. I'm not a knowledgeable but it's the closest area or Rioja. There's a lot beautiful. of good red. There's a lot of good wine guys. Exactly. Um you could do a Bandera port like I said or I um blues are also delicious dessert wines. Yeah. Um those are dessert wines, sorry. Like or like a Botrytis affected like a Tokai or a um, I was never a huge port guy. No. What's fair? There it's it's too late now, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, nothing here. This I don't know. Something really sharp and acidic and white, and just to cut its richness and its caramel. And beer would go with. Uh, you know that'd be way better with beer, actually. Really? Yeah. Probably. But a good beer. I was thinking. Yeah. Bud Light. Velveeta. Oh, oh. With a beer. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Beers can be great too. I'm planning a few beer tastings through the summer. Yeah, but there's a lot of different beer now too. Oh, well, you're right. Yeah, there, um, there was a place in in uh, Ottawa. You can't get to it now because it's blocked. But you could. It was the comedy club was above, and below, it was a beer bar. Oh, fun! And I had never seen a full blown dedicated beer bar. Hmm. And they and the guy said, obviously you like beer, and so he was bringing me lots to taste. And uh, he said, I have a very special uh, beer for you at the end of the evening. Oh. I was like, a finishing beer? That sounds odd. And uh, it was a beer that was done in cherry wood kegs. Oh, and I was like, holy crap! It's like an aperitif. It's <laughs> But it's still beer. Yeah. But it was just, it just had this flavor. I said, that is like amazing. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, we have it made for us. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I'm not finding this in the store? No. There's actually a local producer that does something like that. They use old, um, it's not sherry caskets, but it's um, oh, okay. Um, Bordeaux, I believe. Can it's, we name them? Yeah, Highline Brewing. Go. It's outstanding. It's in Inglewood. Yeah, I have no issue with, you know, if you know somewhere that's got a great product. Okay. Uh, ever been to Jeb's Joint at the Crossroads Farmer's Market? I've been there. You know, I've been there so much, I, I really, I don't eat much of that food anymore. I wouldn't recommend the Crossroads, but Jeb's Joint for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there's a bar like that in Calgary now. It's, yeah. There's a Cicerone, which is a beer sommelier. His name is Bill. It's at Rain Dog, just above. Um, See, there. that's when you know you're a beer sommelier. Wine sommelier, Michael. Yeah. Beer sommelier, Bill. Bill. Yep. <laughs> Bill. Bowling shirt, name over the... It's not bowling shirts. It's better. It's like Western, like, 70s apparel, always, when he's working. That's his, Oh, like... my God. I love it. Oh, it's it's perfect on point. And he, they make, like, upsale, upscale 60s, like, mom cooking. So they do, like, awesome potato... Yeah, it's actually... You should just go to eat. We can go. We should go. We should go eat there. Yeah. Yeah, but, I'm. You know what? They're I'd, open tonight. What are I'm you doing really, after? I'm really lucky because I can go places that are serving, mm -hmm. and it doesn't bother me. I know a lot of people that just can never be around it again, and I just kind of, I know, I would say I know my limit, but my limit is zero now because <laughs> after the one, there's no other limit. Yeah. 
but uh, it doesn't bother me to be around it. So, yeah, if they have um, the food's great. I'm well. That's I do shepherd's pies. I do like I'm really big on comfort foods, and that's the menu. But they it's always upscale. So once in a while, I'll sell them truffles for a dish. I sell them all their cheese for their uh, charcuterie boards. Yeah, it's quite fun. Yeah. No, I would recommend. <laughs> nice. Okay. We have to go there sometime. Well, thanks, Isaac, for coming on the show. No, thanks, Jeb. I had a it was it was fun. great. Yeah. It was I so mean, much we, fun. We chat at the market, but all of us are usually in a bit of a hurry. That's true. I mean, we have lulls, but. Yeah. We, you know, like just, one of us gets called away or a customer shows up or whatever. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of similar customers. And if uh, the. Parm that I use, mm-hmm. because people were asking me forever. They were going, I don't get it. Like, that's <laughs> what is that? And it's one that you recommended to me, and it's a uh, Estonia. It's Estonian from all places, yeah. Yeah, and when I tell people, they're like, what? <laughs> and I know it sounds odd, and then I know for me, I had to think a little bit, where is Estonia? Because I was educated in Southern California. Yeah, fair. More time in the parking lot, <laughs> less time in the classroom. Well, but uh, it actually, I told somebody, they said, I want to go get some of that. And I said, just go go in, go into the little market part, and it just says Jeb's Cheese. Mm-hmm. And he came back, he goes, it actually has your name. <laughs> yeah, I know, because it's just the easiest, because yeah. I have a bad memory. And people know. They're like, oh, it's Jeb's Cheese, Jeb's Cheese, that's it. Yeah, no questions about it. They they they, they know now. <laughs> yeah, and they quite honestly, when I used uh, like a regular parm in lasagnas, it it uh, just doesn't. Cut and it. I mean, it was it wasn't even it wasn't shaker cheese by no. any means, but um, it just wasn't the same. And that's what I was going for mm-hmm. was just that different thing. And that's what's great about going to say cheese is I can go to you and go, okay, I'm going to do this, but let's do something different or yeah. You know. What's that extra kick I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. I got a guy that's been buying a shepherd's pie every weekend for like a month and a half, and he finally walked in the other day and he goes, he said, "I'm going to get a jar of the sauce." He goes, "The fuck do you put in the shepherd's pie?" And I go, "You know," I, I said, "Do you want to hear the scary part?" The first time I made a shepherd's pie, a lady ordered one. Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh yeah, I can figure out how to make that." <laughs> and she came back. She said, that's the best shepherd's pie I've ever had. I said, oh, good. And she goes, I've made shepherd's pie for 25 years, and mine is just shit. <laughs> My whole family was like, you didn't make this. <laughs> and it was, like, terrible. But I said, well, just come and get it for me then. Yeah. you got to have secrets. Oh, absolutely. And, well, you know, at least it's not a um... – Oh good gosh! What's the razor like? Your secret's not actual shepherd in it, like. Yeah, no. <laughs> so clarify no, that, that one, for everyone. That one didn't work. <laughs> that was a test, though. Yeah, right? it was. To, in all fairness, you know, was the mutton of shepherds. <laughs> it's a joke. Old and scraped. <laughs> yeah, the a joke for the few. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on, Isaac, uh, at the Crossroads Market. Easy to find, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the tall guy at the cheese store. That's you know, yeah, you're the only guy at the cheese store, that too. <laughs> yeah, and everybody else there are, are lovely people as well. And and if you get a chance to meet Nancy, she's great. She's been there since well, 
she owns it <laughs> since forever. Yeah. So once again, Rhea, big thank you again to Liz from the Camera Store. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe and like us on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and we'll be back next week with a whole new episode. Thanks. Thanks.